This is exactly right. Murder. The mini sode. That's right. That's Karen Kilgariff. That's Georgia Hartstark. Hi. What's up? <laughs> How are you doing? Are you hanging in there? Good. You better be because you have no choice. <laughs> That's really all you've got. That's all you have the, left. On the phone with my dad this morning, I go, Does this seem like it's getting better? It's getting better to me. And he was like, What? What are you talking about? What did he, he say? My dad won't it? even he he won't even pretend. He won't even acknowledge. It was like I think I read like three articles that were like these lawyers are this mad and these judges aren't going for it and these whatever. <laughs> where it was like yes yes logic is coming back to her. <sighs> and then Gotta I tried help. to get the confirmation from home gym and he wouldn't <laughs> give it to me. You can get it anywhere else except your own father. He's the only one I want it from and he's the only one who won't give right. it to me. It's called withholding. Try it's it It's called the, the Juliana Hatfield song, Everybody Loves Me But You. <laughs> why, Dad? Why? <laughs> but hey, this isn't about us. This is about you. <laughs> hey, I didn't mean to start off heavy. No. We're just trying to do a true crime write-in show. Um, yeah. You write in your stuff. We read it to you. Do you want to go first? Sure. You know, I love, I love going first. That's great. Because I love going it's, last. It's my passion. This just is subject lined headline um, hometown story. Okay. And, and the greeting is my loves. Oh, here. Let me let me give that less vocal fry accidentally. My loves. Oh, there. Cool. Uh, I come bearing a gruesome and very recent story from my hometown mm-hmm. of Patch Hog on Long Island. Patch Hog, New York on Long Island. Okay. And in parentheses, it does say pronounced Patch Hog. <laughs> This past Tuesday, October 6th, my sister and I left the house at about 11 a.m. to grab some coffee. As we were driving, we noticed that a block away from our house, police had the entire street blocked off. We peeked down the road to see crime scene tape and the medical examiner. We knew something was up, but we only found out the full story later that day. The tale goes that on Tuesday morning around 10 a.m., police attempted to pull over a car in a generic traffic stop. The vehicle fled and made a turn down a side street. Once the police had caught up to the car, it had crashed into a utility pole. When the officer finally walked up to the driver's window, he saw that the driver was bleeding profusely from the neck. He had slit his own throat. By the time the EMTs arrived at the scene, the man was pronounced dead. And after IDing him, authorities went to his home one town over to notify his next of kin. Instead, when they got to the door, no one answered. So they forced entry inside. They found the bodies of a man and a woman who were later identified as the driver's father and sister. Their bodies had been in the house for 12 days before being discovered. Holy shit. And then that's it. The, the sign off is stay sexy and just stay away from Long Island. Forever yours, Mary. Wow. Yeah. You don't you, you don't do such a drastic thing because you outran the cops just for the hell of it. No, that's, that's like this. Yeah, shit I'm caught. This is it. That's yeah. That's a big final act kind of yeah. horrifying thing. But oh, but still, you know, 
I, I think it's very human to be a rubbernecker and to be like, whoa, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff happening down there. But like, even if it was just a car accident, you know, yeah. it might have just to find out that it's like layer upon layer upon totally. layer just be so freaky and in horrible your neighborhood yeah yeah okay this is just called hometown story hello lovely ladies steven and pet babies i have a story for you from the pacific northwest as we have learned in many episodes canadians are not an, are not all nice during a recent oh. backyard socially distanced hangout with my mom and dad, I plugged the MFM pod and was thrilled when my mom expressed her interest in true crime and even suggested I send this story to you wonderful humans. My dad grew up in the 80s in a city called New Westminster in the Vancouver, British Columbia area. He's always loved being outdoors, so he and his friends, think the outsiders, would get out of town for extended camping trips, fishing, and generic tomfoolery in the forests of the great British Columbian wilderness at any opportunity they had. Sounds fun. On one weekend, as my dad's small group of friends were camping, they noticed a smell that they assumed was an animal that must have been decomposing somewhere in the vicinity. Mm-mm. It's never an animal decomposing. It's never a mannequin. But it wasn't close enough to ring any alarm bells. Flash forward to the next week and the body of my dad's missing 15-year-old classmate was found in the same area as the campsite that they had been staying at. Um, and he had been murdered. This boy was the victim of a serial killer named Clifford Olson, who operated in the lower mainland from 1980 to 1981, who claimed the lives of 11 young people in the Vancouver area. This sicko would post part-time job ads targeted towards young people promising too-good-to-be-true wages in order to lure kids to him and away from their parents under the guise of work. Another weekend, not long after the morbid camping trip, my dad and some friends were walking through the empty city streets, leaving a house party. So at 3 a.m., when a white, windowless van screeches to a halt next to them and a man tries to entice the teens into taking a ride home, they were rightfully freaked out and decided the best course of action was to swear and yell at the guy until he slammed on the passenger, he slammed the passenger door and sped away. He has no proof that this was really Olson, but even if it wasn't, trying to lure intoxicated teenage boys into a van in the middle of the night is next level sketchy. This was really long, but I hope it's worth it. Love you guys. Thank you for taking the time to read the story that has been on regular rotation during our family campfires and road trips. I hope everybody at the MFM crew and all the fellow murderinos are safe, healthy and happy. Always remember to follow your nose and never get into a van with strange men while a serial killer is on the loose. SSDGM. God, that's so insane. Like a kid is missing from their class. Yeah. And then they go have this experience while camping and just then like find out they were basically near his body. The knowledge that they smelled that. And then like it probably was the guy in the van, right? Like. No, there's probably probably not. if it's in if it's in the town and it's yeah, like it's that's town. the town he was working in. Totally. Could, who else? See, because that's the thing that's so weird about it is like the windowless van community. <laughs> it's what it is literally like house painters. Yeah, it's cer- certain like certified delivery people and straight up serial killers. Yeah, there's it's such a small and maybe sometimes like a, a CYO basketball group. But it's like a windowless van. There's no need. No, no windowless. Maybe a maybe a band on tour once in a while. But they bought it from a fucking serial killer. Probably their van. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, the subject line of this one is the neighbor and the world record. 
Mm. Uh, Greetings all. Hope this finds you healthy and masked. I love your show. And when you asked for interesting neighbor stories, I had to gift you this little gem from my dad. My dad has been telling me the tale of his grandpa, my great grandpa's neighbor, my whole life. And now it's time to pass it on to you all. In the 60s, my dad was a teenager and would spend his summers working on my great grandpa's ranch in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Mm. Have you ever been to South Dakota? Mm-mm. I don't think I've been to either Dakota me ever. Either. You think it's pretty? Gorgeous, right? <laughs> Just like think. super like I think it's like prairies and obviously some black hills in the background right that sounds nice my great grandpa's nearest neighbor was a sheep rancher named claude willis according to my dad mr willis was a big man of few words he always had on boots a sweaty cowboy hat and a cigarette hanging from the corner of his lip and then in parentheses i'm picturing jack plants and city slickers my great grandpa bought sheep from mr willis and my dad would spend his summer days back and forth working between the two ranches as the years passed mr willis suffered a stroke left his ranch and moved in with his son and daughter-in-law in california hold on because here comes the the WTF moment. On November 15th, 1969, Mr. Willis and his daughter-in-law got into a heated argument. It was at this moment that he decided to unburden himself of a secret that he had held for over four decades. His name was not, in fact, Claude Willis. His name was actually Leonard T. Frisco in 19... 19- How does this come out in a fight? I don't understand. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm not who I said I was all these years. You know what? Yeah. Well, shut up for a second because yeah. I'm not who I say I am. Oh, you think you're better than me? You know, Let just- me tell you something. <laughs> I'm way worse than you even yeah, think I am. exactly. Okay, yeah, that, that makes no sense. Why well, I'm... And my name is in Leonard T. Frisco. Okay. In 1920, Mr. Frisco attempted to steal a Model T, some guns and ammunition. During his apprehension, he murdered two police officers. He was captured and sentenced to life in prison, but he escaped in 1923. He had been living as Claude Willis ever since. Holy shit. After his confession, yeah, after his confession, which I bet he regret regretted the second that fight yeah. ended. He was just like, daughter-in-law. Oh, you, you can't trust your daughter-in-law. He was a man of few words until he wasn't yeah after his confession his son and daughter-in-law turned him in mm-hmm. and he went back to the nevada state prison after 46 oh years on the run at the age of 77 your dad you find that out about him yeah what a bummer that's yeah okay leonard t frisco lived a full and successful life under the radar and managed to secure himself a long-standing spot in the guinness book of world records as the longest escaped and recaptured prisoner my dad has a lot of tales from his past but this one is my favorite stay sexy stay safe and if you want to break a world record i'm sure there are easier ways to do it emily (laughs) holy shit so Claude Willis slash Leonard T. Frisco is the longest running escaped and recaptured prisoner Amazing. that there is. Amazing. 46 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. I, I These are all dad themed, I think. Yeah. And so is my it's next, dad time. So is my next one. Uh, you know, Father's Day is coming up next year and <laughs> we want you to be ready. That's right. Uh, hello, ladies. Oh, I hello. Just, hi. Is this Stephen Merchant? <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to the last minisode and I couldn't help but send in some more details on the Idlewild Park Daniel Tiger little boy fell out of the roller coaster story. <gasps> Thank God. Uh-huh. Thank God. Okay, Remember good. That? A follow up. Uh-huh. Yes, I do. 
I, along with my dad and four siblings, have worked at Idlewild for many years. It's a popular summer job for kids in the Pittsburgh area starting at age 14. Ride operators have to be 16. <laughs> they wanted to clarify. Uh, <laughs> I worked there for nine summers and my dad was there for more than 12 years. My siblings and I all worked in the food department and my dad was the lead carpenter. That's such a dad job. <laughs> Putting the nails up in the roller coasters. That'll fix it. Basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The roller coaster the roller co- the roller coaster in question was a wooden coaster and during the off season my dad was rebuilding sections of the track. <laughs> so yes, that's exactly <laughs> what was fucking happening. Oh. Uh-huh. On the day that this accident occurred, I was working at my non-Idlewild job. When I heard the news of what happened, my heart instantly sank to my stomach because I was afraid that it had something to do with my dad's work and, can, and could implicate him in some way. Luckily, it wasn't the fault of the coaster track, but the fact that the two brothers were seated together in a car and switched places once the train left the station, leaving the smaller oh. boy on the outside of the car. I think he was also standing up, which made it too easy for him to fall out as the coaster went around a curve. And then it says in parentheses, this could have obviously been avoided with seatbelts. My dad was one of the first employees on the scene, but fortunately, the first aid building is located right next to the coaster and EMTs were with the boy immediately. As the last emailer said, he was life flighted to a nearby hospital. From what my dad heard in the months following, the little boy recovered well. I believe he has some minor lasting effects from the accident, but on the whole is doing well. Phew. Well, I just wanted to share some more. Huh? It's a miracle. Yeah. To be thrown off a working roller coaster and not only live, but be okay with minor. I mean, Jesus Christ. Seriously. Uh, I just wanted to share some more insight on that accident as it is also um, as it also struck super close to home for me. Stay safe and wear seatbelts on roller coasters. Amber. Thank you, Amber. That was really good. That was good information. Uh I'm never going on a roller coaster again in my life. I feel like I can definitively say that and just be fine with it. I, yeah. And at this point, um, I think it's healthy to be letting go of things like roller coasters. I think so, too. For, for at least a little while. Yeah. But nothing... Although I would like you to, when everything gets normal again, I would like you to reapproach the Tower of Terror because I think I think okay. you could have a really good time on Is it. Is that a roller coaster? Kind of. That's the one that, where you basically drop in an elevator. It's right. like a broken elevator. Oh, that. I like that. But there's... It's but it's all about the lead up where you're the, it just builds suspense and okay. tension okay. and then you just get in an elevator and it drops. It's awesome. OK, I'll do it for you to impress okay. you. OK, Enough. I think that <laughs> it's the only thing that will impress me. Yeah. Forget about your good spelling. Forget about all those other ways you try to impress me. Because <laughs> um, aren't you the one that you had? An, you said you had an edible and then you had to leave. Like yeah. you couldn't go on it. I went on that. Yeah. Last, yeah. But this time I'll be sober. It'll be great. No, you don't have to be. Oh, thank you. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Uh, This just says hometown story. Hi, friends. It feels like you literally are my friends now. Uh (laughs) I once... 
I was once just a sporadic commute listener, but then 2020 happened. Now you are there for my long dog walks, trying to cook, and all my laundry folding of solely sweatpants and moomoos. <laughs> God, I feel that one so <laughs> Hell hard. Yes. Fe- feeling this. I never considered writing in until you asked about creepy neighbor stories. So let's just dive in, eh? Back in the day... Um, and then in parentheses, I'm 32. My mom would take my brother and I out trick-or-treating. Our neighborhood was pretty epic for Halloween. <laughs> the houses were fairly close together, no street lights, just flashlights, and every house participated. There was this house in the neighborhood that all the kids would save for last. Why? Because it was awesome. This dude would go all out. He would transform his depressing single story to a haunted house any kid would love. Each year was themed. I'm not sure if my vivid memory is of just one year or all the years that we went there combined into one. For example, I recall a science theme where this dude, I guess that's his official name now, was dressed as a mad scientist. Mm -hmm. And all the kids could do interactive experiments like rubbing electric balls to make their hair stand up. This was also the only home in the neighborhood that the kids would be invited into. Finally, the coolest part was seeing your picture he took he took of you the previous year on the wall. Aww. So you know when so you know when I was Lisa Left Eye Lopez, I could see myself pictured on the wall as a wizard. One year changes a lot. <laughs> so let's recap. A single man opening his house up to children, playing dress up, taking their pictures and keeping their pictures Mm. on his wall. You'd think all these glaring red flags would have smacked all the parents in the face. But this was the 90s. Fast forward two years later, dude was arrested for child pornography. Who would have thought, right? I don't know. Literally anyone. (laughs) So don't let creepy dudes take pictures of your kids. And if all signs are pointing to weirdo, don't ignore them. With love, Lisa from Philly, where, you know, bad things happen. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, my. Like, I want it to be real. I want him to be a good person and like cool and like kind. And it's just like fun for him because he never had kids of his own or something. Why does he have to be a pervert and prove everyone right? He's just... He's just a perv that's taking advantage of our national holidays, our beautiful Wiccan-based, pagan-based yeah. holidays, yeah. and using them to his own for his own uses. Oh, with dick. and then kissing up to the moms. Okay, this last one. My last one's called "Scandal at the Science Fair." Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, murder mams and the mustache man. All right. Mm. Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember an episode from forever ago when you guys talked about a dentist who co- contaminated his patients with HIV. I don't remember any of the details. Did this actually happen? Was it all a dream? Who knows? But it did remind me of a more innocent version of events that happened at my former elementary school. And for reasons unbeknownst to all of us, today is the day that I decided to share it with you. Every year, third and fourth grade students were allowed to prepare a science fair project on a topic of their choice. You know, a bunch of uh, tri-fold poster boards, seven-year-olds milling about the hot gym, the whole deal. Well, one girl who herself was diabetic decided to do her project on diabetes. In an effort to thoroughly impact other young scientific minds, she wanted to give her classmates a firsthand experience of what it was like to have to prick yourself with a needle every day to check your blood sugar. Bad idea. And she only brought one needle. Terrible idea. By the time the teacher caught on, about 25 kids had pricked themselves with the same (laughs) lancet. No. Yes. Yes. Oh no! Kid ideas gone awry. Kid ideas. Uh, Kid 
ideas. I didn't mean to kill you. That's right. Kid ideas. When I was in elementary school, I stayed as far away from shots and needles as possible. So I don't know what these kids were thinking. I'm sure this was an absolute nightmare for the school administration. But the health department was called and fortunately no diseases were spread. So no harm done, I guess. Thank you all so much for the joy you bring into my life. Listening to you made my long, solitary drives to and from college so much more enjoyable, although I did get extra freaked out when I needed to stop for gas at night. Stay safe and maybe check your kid's science fair project the night before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so brutal. And like, that's so like they all wanted to like try to understand what she was going through. Like 25 kids were like, sure, let's do this. It would have been fine if she had followed the idea. If, all, if I was her teacher, I'd have been like, look, F, because do you use the same needle every time you right. prick yourself? No, you don't. You put you put it in your biohazard box. Right. Over in the over in the laundry room or whatever. You, have, I, to, the, yeah. you have to keep that same standard here here at the I feel like I feel like as a teacher you should catch on early that if anything has to do with blood you know what I mean like if any of the students are doing a project where blood is involved maybe not I feel like the teacher teaches crap you know it's overcrowded classrooms these days yeah well let's yeah let's not be teacher blamers but I would say that was a teacher who maybe didn't do one pass through and just get the full sense of what we're okay we get what your actual science fair project is about but what will you be doing within your time here at the science fair will there be blood important there will be blood (laughs) there will be blood there will be blood if you're seven (laughs) years old my favorite murder at gmail or on the website uh we we love when you guys write in it's the best yeah um we we rely on it and we thank you for participating in it um stay safe stay strong and stay sexy and don't get murdered goodbye Goodbye. elvis you want a cookie